Praise the Lord. Don't let the devil spoil your goods. Your goods are not your material possessions. Nobody cares about them. You can get those anytime. You get another dollar. But you can't get peace with money. You can't get love in agreement of your family. You can't have people with a sound mind. You can't buy that with money. So kick that devil out of you. Pray him. Rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, tonight, we want to deal with a topic that the Lord laid on our hearts in regards to uh, the person of Jesus Christ. But before I do that, I just want to uh, share a testimony with you of the goodness of the Lord. Very briefly, this past week, um, from time to time, I just prayed, Lord, give me an opportunity to share my testimony. Help me to be more spiritually minded as I go throughout the day lest I just get caught up in the rat race of life. On Thursday, I was in the copier room making copies for my students. An older gentleman came in who was a substitute, very nice man, very cordial. He wanted some water out of the vending machine, and the vending machine wouldn't take his change, wouldn't take his coins. You know how that goes, keeps falling down, falling down. Never works when you really want it type thing. So the Lord said to me, you got some money in your pocket, man. Use that thing. Bless that brother with a bottle of water. I said, Lord, I want some lunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kept my money, and the Lord just, as the copiers are going, the Lord's saying, what are you doing? So the man left out, and I got convicted. The Lord smoked my heart in the, in the copier room. I went out. I said, Mr. Dixon, did you want a bottle of water? I knew he wanted a bottle of water. You want a bottle so I went back, and he started following me. I went in there, put $2 in. because That's what the Lord really convicted me about. He said, you straining open here over $2 instead of blessing somebody. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I put the $2 in, hit the button for the water, and out fell a bottle of water and another drink. And I said, Lord, you got me. You got me. Now, it wasn't a drink that I was going to drink, so I used it to bless somebody, gave it to somebody else. But out fell two drinks for the price of one. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I should have just done what you told me to do the first time. Then as we walked out, he said to me, God works in mysterious ways. The coins that I was trying to put in the vending machine that the vending machine wouldn't take, a student asked me for a dollar, and I gave those coins to the student. What I was going to use to get water for myself, I gave it to somebody else. And then you called me back and said, do you want a bottle of water? I said, God, what can I do? What can I do but be obedient to you? I had a co-worker also who was usually a very vibrant person. She's been pretty down. Other co-workers have mentioned she's been pretty down, um, almost kind of depressed, doesn't want to smile, doesn't want to laugh. That's not normal. And I was praying last night, laying on my face, and the Lord brought her to my mind. So I prayed for her, and the Lord said, tomorrow you go and pray for that lady. So I'm just being transparent here. I'm being transparent. I went by her classroom, and I kept kind of getting up, and the Lord said, what are you doing? Go pray for the lady. So I called her out of her classroom to my classroom. I said, can we just pray? We do it from time to time. As I prayed for her, the Holy Ghost came upon us, began to speak with other tongues, even though she might not be familiar with that like we are. 
When the prayer was over, she took her shirt and covered her face and began to weep. Burden being lifted, being lifted. As if I didn't obey, she wouldn't have gotten her miracle. Wouldn't have gotten her miracle. So just encourage you, saints. Tell your neighbor, just do what the Lord tells you to do. God bless you tonight. The eighth verse of 1 John chapter 8. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, the eighth verse. These words are recorded. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy. Somebody say destroy. The works of the devil. Let the church say amen. I'd like to talk to you tonight briefly about why Jesus came. Why Jesus came. According to the principles of journalism, principles of journalism, good reporting starts with the asking of five fundamental questions. They are the five W questions. Who, what, when, where, and why. The last question is the only one that allows people to establish a needful element in life, and that is motive and purpose. Philosophically, people wrestle with the classic, why am I here? Or why was I born question. And it drives people to go to extreme lengths to figure out the whys of life. Spiritually, people struggle with similar questions. The one question or topic we want to address this evening regards to the coming of the most celebrated yet hated, understandable yet misunderstood, orderly yet revolutionary individual in the history of the world, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. No doubt many have accepted the historical fact that Jesus of Nazareth existed on the earth, but have pondered why he actually came. And for answers, only uh, need to turn to the Bible, which is the word of God. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah gave us a great introduction to Jesus and the purpose for his coming. The prophecy, the prophecy, the prophecy used by Jesus about himself was found in Isaiah 61. Turn there if you would. I would like everybody to see this as we lay the foundation of the lesson this evening. The prophecy about Jesus Christ that he used 
according to Luke chapter 4. He used this prophecy about himself. It was originally found in Isaiah 61, beginning at verse 1, where the Bible reads, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, in Zion, to give unto them Beauty for ashes. Not to everybody, just those in Zion. Beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they in Zion might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Let the church say amen. And so this scripture in Isaiah then gives us specific elements of Jesus's ministry, which begins to answer the why Jesus came question. Now, more explicitly, we are introduced to Jesus's purpose in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Where the Bible says, and she, talking about Mary, shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall do what? Save his people from their sin. Let the church say amen. The angel speaking about Mary to her betrothed Joseph made no mystery of the destiny of the child that would be born to her. Now, before going any further, we must pause and recognize an important element brought out in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. That is the existence of sin, which is the opposing force to God. Praise the Lord. Sin is a big problem. It's a big problem. It's defined, if you come back with me to 1 John chapter 3, it's defined in verse 4 of 1 John 3 as the transgression or the breaking of God's law. This is what sin is. And according to our text in 1 John 3, sin aligns a person with the personification of evil. That is the devil. Praise our God. Now, the Bible teaches us that the devil called Satan was originally a majestic being in heaven, created for the glory of God. But in the process of time, Satan, who at that time was called Lucifer, went rogue. And back in Isaiah, praise the Lord, we learn the source of his rebellion, which is the one word definition for sin. Tell your neighbor, the one word definition for sin 
is rebellion. Let us say amen. Satan went rogue. And then we understand according to Isaiah chapter 14 why this took place. And so in Isaiah 14, the prophet likens the fall of Babylon to the fall of Lucifer. That's contextually what he does in chapter 14, which means that Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, was not the first to fall because of this very dangerous sin called pride. Let us see, man. Lucifer was the first one to fall because of pride. Verse number 12 of Isaiah 14. The prophet says, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down, cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart. Uh, you might not have verbalized it with your mouth, but out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth will speak. So if something's in your heart, eventually it will come out of your mouth. Thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of of the north I will ascend above the heights of the clouds I will be like the most high oh but we can uh, leave off there we have to read verse 15 that says yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Can we say amen? Before honor, the Bible says, cometh humility. And we are instructed according to 1 Peter chapter 5 to be clothed with humility. Praise our God. Because if there's anything that can kill us the quickest, it is thinking that we are more than what we are. Come on and say amen. Every man has been given a measure of faith so we can think soberly about who we are. Praise our God. And it is only when we begin to think we are more than what we are that we get in trouble with God. For the Bible says that God resisteth the proud but giveth what? Grace to the humble let us say amen and so we learn here that Satan fell because of pride and so now what Satan does is he uses sin he uses sin as a destructive weapon against mankind praise our God sin comes with eternal penalty I heard a Bible say in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Let us see, man. The consequence is upon every soul upon entering the world. When you're born into the world, you are born a sinner. 
Uh, people don't want to accept that today because it doesn't make them feel good. And the popular world philosophy is that people are born good, but they do evil or mess up from time to time. But tell your neighbor, don't forget what the Bible says. Hallelujah to Jesus. The Bible says in Psalm 51 and 5, Behold, I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my my mother conceived me. When I came into the world, sin was present. And no one can escape the touch of sin. What the Bible says in Romans 3.23, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Can we say amen? All right, so as we forestated then, the ultimate result of sin is death. That's the ultimate result. However, let me uh, bring this point to your mind. Before death comes, there is a spiritual state that encompasses the living who are in sin. The status of those who practice sin is the state of spiritual bondage. I'm going to say that again. The status of those who practice sin make it a, a daily occurrence this is what they do this is how they live there is no abstinence praise our God uh, away or against sin those that practice it live in a state of spiritual bondage praise our God and so this fact then propels us back into the why question because sin is such a cosmic problem, praise our God, the only hope for deliverance from it is an opposing force that is stronger than itself. Praise our God. Something that can not only neutralize its effect, but nullify its potency. And if you go back to 1 John, you will see the answer to that particular problem. The answer to the sin problem is found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us say amen. Verse number 5 of 1 John 3 reads on this wise. And you know that he, talking about Jesus, was manifested to do what? To take away our sins. And in him is no sin. Come on and say amen. Why is there no sin in Jesus? Because Jesus is God. And if Jesus is God, then what that means is that 1 John 1 and 5 is true. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Come on and say amen. Uh, we understand, praise the Lord, by our theology that Jesus was born sinless. Come on and say amen. He was the only human being born into the world that was fully man and without sin. How do we know this? Hebrews chapter number four. Where the Bible lets us know, praise God, that we have a great high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without 
sin. All right, somebody knows the scripture. And so then what we understand is that Jesus, tell your neighbor, Jesus is the remedy. Thank you, Jesus Christ, to the sin problem. So when Jesus came, he did something that no other living person had ever done. What Jesus did when he came into the world and lived sin free was beat sin in the flesh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Stay with me now. I'm in Romans chapter 8, verse number 1. Praise our God. Jesus did something that no one else had ever done, and that is beat sin in the flesh. Praise our God, because that is where sin seeks to be when it comes to mankind. That's where it seeks to reside. How do you know this, preacher? Because the Bible tells me in the book of James that when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Come on now. And where does lust come from? It comes from within mankind. Praise our God. This is why, and y'all bear with me. I know I'm throwing scriptures at you, but it's just coming to me this way. This is why the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. Even greater than the devil himself is your deceptive heart. That's why the worldly advice to follow your heart is so detrimental and dangerous. Because what we understand by the scripture is that if you follow your heart, your heart will automatically and on purpose lead you down the path of destruction. So you can't follow your heart. You need to, praise the Lord, get your heart in a position whereby you can follow Jesus the Christ. Let the church say amen. Why? Because Jesus is the only one that did what we're trying to do. And that's beat sin in the flesh. Romans 8 and 1 says this. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me, what? Free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. Tell your neighbor, it was weak through the flesh. Uh-huh. This is important now. Y'all still with me here? If you look in chapter 7 of Romans, you'll find out that there was nothing wrong with the law. The law was holy, just, and good. So what was the issue when it came to people trying to live the law? The issue was that flesh is weak. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. For all those people that think they're all that in a bag of chips, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, flesh is weak. Uh-huh, the Bible lets me know that all flesh is grass. Come on now. Amen. I know you think you look pretty, but eventually you're going to look ugly, especially when you get in that box and begin to decay. Praise our God. Uh, so flesh is the problem. And sin, knowing what it was doing when it came into the world, sought to find a lodging place in the weakest 
portion of mankind. And so sin went right for the flesh to bind humanity on each of its levels, spiritually, in the soul, and in the body. Let the church say amen. But I love the rest of chapter 8 where we left off in verse number 3. Even though the law was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Come on now. Oh my God, I thank you tonight. Let me tell you all what Jesus did. Amen. When Jesus came, he said to himself by the counsel of his own will, I am not going to sit here and require something of you that I can't do myself. So instead of being in spirit form on the throne in heaven, let me come down, take on a body just like all these other people have and let me walk in this body just like they do let me sleep in this body let me eat in this body let me face temptation in this body just like everybody else does and let me see if I can beat sin just like everybody else is having a trouble with and so when Jesus amen went throughout all the days of his life and never sinned what he showed us was that through power it was possible to live above sin I'd have somebody that's grateful for that tonight amen because what we're dealing with now in the world is a group of human beings that feel like it's not possible to live above sin so they give your students in school all kinds of things amen because they feel like young people can't abstain praise the Lord they do all kinds of things in the world to put a bunch of band-aids on symptoms instead of coming to the Bible to deal with sources but I'm so glad that Jesus attacked the source he said give me a body a body has thou prepared me and it's not just so I can use it as a sacrifice it's also so I can show everybody that yes you can walk in the world in the flesh and not subject yourself to sin let the church say amen tell your neighbor it's possible thank you Jesus Christ and so with this understanding now from Romans 8 the good news is that Jesus is able and when we talk about why Jesus came it is clearly spelled out in our original text in 1 John because here's the crux of the matter if sin is a weapon used by Satan to create a state of spiritual bondage then the only reason that Jesus came was to be revealed to do what no one else could do and that is destroy the works of the devil come on and say amen uh, now let me let me go here now spiritual bondage is not just something that plagues the sinner Satan uses sin and his deception to place anyone in bondage who will believe his works Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. There are even some here tonight, unfortunately, praise our God, who listen to the devil more than they listen to the voice of God. Some of y'all right here, since I've been preaching, have been battling.
discerning what the word of God has been saying. Amen. But before the night is over, touch that neighbor and say, before the night is over, you're going to get your miracle. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, tell your neighbor it's coming it's coming it's coming you're going to get your miracle amen because the word of God does not go out and return unto him void but it's going to accomplish that which God pleases and prosper in the thing whereunto he sent it you not going to stand amen the preaching of a true man of God amen and stay in bondage if you want to be free Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thank you Jesus Christ uh, spiritual bondage is not always reality sometimes spiritual bondage amen is an illusion from the enemy he uses things to put you in an imaginary prison of ineffectiveness yes sir he uses things like fear and, 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 and perplexion and confusion to put you in an imaginary prison of ineffectiveness because the devil knows the power you have what set the scripture greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world the devil can't sit here letting us walk around freely just using the power of God anytime we want his kingdom would be completely torn down if that was the case so he commissions demons and and in tactics and mobilizes his forces under a very strategic plan to try to lock up the only forces in the world that can dominate his kingdom the children of God but as soon as the saints of God wake up and realize the power that they have inside of them we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I serve a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. Tell your neighbor you got power if you've got the Holy Ghost. Now I want you to give God a hand praise for that right there. That you've got Y'all see, y'all don't want to believe it already. Amen. But I'm trying to help you understand. Amen. That if you sit down on your power, you sit in an imaginary prison of ineffectiveness. But the moment you rise up and say, I'm walking out of this thing and I'm going to walk in the power that the Holy Ghost has given me on the inside. Now you're mobilized to a position where everywhere your foot touches will belong amen as territory to God everywhere you walk amen there's going to be more ground that Jesus will claim every time you move in the anointing of the Holy Ghost the devil's kingdom falls how many of y'all want the devil's kingdom to fall down come on come on come on come on if you want that kingdom to fall down touch your neighbor and say neighbor walk in the anointing of the Holy Ghost 
All right. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let me get through here now. Uh, spiritual bondage is a problem, even though sometimes it's not always real. But I heard Isaiah talk about this in reference to the messianic ministry. Amen. That Jesus came to provide. Amen. In verse number one of Isaiah 61, again, the clause that applies to this particular topic of spiritual bondage is this Jesus came to proclaim liberty to the captives come on and say amen ah, there is no reason can I say it here there is no reason for anybody with the Holy Ghost to be a captive ah, let me say it again there is no reason why anybody with the Holy Ghost should be a captive. Let me say it a third. There is no reason why anybody sitting with the Holy Ghost should be a slave. A slave to fear. A slave to doubt. A slave to unbelief. A slave to a lack of faith. A slave to sin. Hallelujah. There's no calling for it. Not when you've got the power. Jesus came to proclaim liberty to the captives. Let the church say amen. And so, whether a person is struggling as a sinner or whether they're struggling under the oppression of Satan's workings against them, because I would submit to you all this evening that there are people sitting in the house of God, amen, that are seeking to live a holy life before their Savior, and yet they feel like something is going on that's not right they feel lower than they should feel all that is I'm exposed that demon all that is is a demon of oppression come on come on come on oppression just seeks to sit on you see that's why amen we encourage amen the saints of God when it comes time to praise the Lord we encourage everybody to get up and give them the glory because when you don't do it you let that demon sit on you when you don't get up and you sit there moaning and groaning about what's going on you let that demon sit on you but I wish I had somebody tonight that said I'm gonna get up and throw that demon off and I'm gonna give God the glory thank you Holy Ghost tonight touch your neighbor say tonight I'm throwing that devil off. We got folk in here bound by demons. But I declare by the power of God that if the majority, I just need the majority. I just need those of y'all with a right mind. Those of y'all that are seeking to do right. Oh, Jesus. When we get together, nothing in here that's not like God's going to be able to stay. You want to see folk fall down on the altar crying and repenting get with the preacher and lift your hands and say Lord 
Send the power. Come on. Y'all with me here? Y'all with me here? Lift them hands and say, Lord, send the power. How many want the anointing here? I say, how many want the anointing? How many want a fresh anointing? Mm, Jesus, how many want a fresh anointing? How many need revival? And you know that in the presence of the Lord, it's possible to be revived. Do I have a believer? In the presence of the Lord, it's possible to be revived. In the presence of the Lord, you can be liberated. Let the church say amen. Uh, now one last point and then I'll be done uh, the Bible says in 1 John 3 and 8 uh, that Jesus was manifested uh, to destroy the works of of the devil the word destroy is what Jesus wants to inform us about now he let us know that the word destroy in the Greek actually means to loose something ah, thank you Holy Ghost the word destroy touch that neighbor one more time I don't want y'all falling asleep on me here touch that neighbor and say neighbor the word destroy means to loose now I want y'all to say it like you mean it the word destroy means to loose uh-huh. Uh, sin puts you in an imaginary prison of spiritual bondage uh, but any slave with an ounce of sense wants to be free uh, anybody that's bound wants to be loose uh, from that freedom uh, why did Jesus come uh, Jesus came uh, to loose you uh, come on church of God uh, I'm almost finished here uh, anybody that's a captive uh, I'm here to tell you freedom is better. Anybody that's a slave, I'm here to tell you freedom is better. And there's nothing in the world like spiritual freedom. You can be free as a person but bound in your soul. But when you're free in your spirit, I said when you're free in your spirit nothing can bind you they might put you in jail but you'll be like Paul and Silas you'll start singing and you might sing so much that the Lord breaks you out of that peace let the church say if you got spiritual freedom there's nothing like it in the world come on some of y'all forgot what spiritual freedom is like but being able to move in the anointing to bless somebody else that's bound that's spiritual freedom being able to praise and bless the Lord until you fully express I said fully express because we got some of y'all here that want to give God a half praise but tonight you touch your neighbor say tonight I'm going to give him all that I got I'm going to give him all that I got I'm going to give him all that I got shout yeah 
Oh Lord, oh Jesus, spiritual freedom is being able to praise the Lord until you fully express your gratitude and he blesses you with greater anointing until he gives you a greater joy. Being spiritually free is being able to live above sin. So when you come into the church, I'm not offering a sacrifice of fools, but I'm giving God the glory, presenting my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service. And when I praise the Lord, when I praise the Lord, something shifts. Uh, y'all don't know what I'm talking about here some of you praise him out of ritual but when you praise him out of gratitude what you understand now is that you can affect the spiritual atmosphere with your praise I gotta let that sink in because some of y'all haven't gotten there yet I'm declaring to y'all tonight when you walk into a prayer service and you bow down on your knees and pray the prayer service should heighten when you cry out to God from a pure heart when you begin to pray like you ought to in the midst of the company other people around you begin to feel liberty because you're praying in the Holy Ghost yeah oh jeez when you come in the church of God and you lift up your voice and pray somebody on your row they're going to feel something because the Holy Ghost that I have is like electricity I'm not going to touch you too long and you stay still when we get finished together we both going to be moving because the anointing in me is going to bless you shout yeah tell your neighbor I'm going to give him everything I got tell him I'm going to give him everything I got because Jesus came for you to be loose I said Jesus came for you to be loose Jesus came for you to be loose come on church of God touch your neighbor and say neighbor Jesus came for you to be loose, for you to be loose, for you to be loose. No more bondage, no more captivity, no more slavery no more sitting down I serve a God that when you get on vision when you remember the vision of spiritual freedom some of you forgot what spiritual freedom is because the devil has worked in your life like the low down dirty fighter that he is he's worked in your life to try to bind you he brought circumstances 
circumstance, after trial, after trouble, after persecution, after debilitating disease, after this, after that, after the other, he brought it all against you. Somebody said, oh hell, done broken loose, that I serve a God that will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able but will with the temptation make a way for you to be loose gotta preach it here. I serve a God that when he gets done with you, through your time, through your test, he's gonna make a way for you to be Tell your neighbor I'm getting ready to take my exit. Oh Lord, tell that other neighbor, say neighbor, I'm getting ready to take my exit. The Bible said there had no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is Faithful. Oh, come on, y'all. Help me here. I'm almost finished. But God is faithful. God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. God is faithful. God is faithful. God, God, God is faithful. Yes, He is. Yes, 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 He is. And He will lose you. He will lose you. He will. He, he will lose you. Lift your hands and say, yeah. If you believe it, say, yeah. If you want it, say, yeah. Jesus said, I came. Oh, Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Grab that neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, it's time now to rebuke the devil. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Tell the neighbor, get ready. Say it's time now to rebuke the devil. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. 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 Ah! Yeah. Oh. Jesus, 
on. And so the Lord told me, he said, I want you to say, come on, somebody. I want you to tell my people. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Lord, I thank you. He said, tell my people that some of y'all in this church tonight, you pressed your way to get here. The Lord told me to tell you that you're this close to your breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, my God, my God. Tell my people you're this close. You're this close. You're right there. You're right on the cusp. You're right in the middle. You're about to go over. Yes, you are. You're this close to your breakthrough. Jesus said, if you believe on me, I will loose you. And when I loose you, here comes the breakthrough. When I loose you, here comes the miracle. When I loose you, here comes joy. Joy. Unspeakable. And full. Full. Full of glory. I want the glory. I want the glory. I want the glory. How many want the glory? Hallelujah. I'm this close. I'm this close. I'm this close to my breakthrough. So tell me, preacher. What do I need to do to realize my breakthrough? Jesus said, the first thing you need to do is repent. Empty out. Flush your spiritual system. The only way Jesus is coming in is if some of y'all kick everything else out. Don't y'all get quiet on me. Don't don't get quiet. Don't y'all get quiet on me now. The only way he's coming in, he says you got to kick some things out. Hallelujah. Kick it out. Kick it out, kick it out. Doubt has gotta go. Somebody say, kick it out. Fear has gotta go. Somebody say, kick it out. Hallelujah. Malice has gotta go. Somebody say, kick it out. Prejudice has got to go. Somebody say, kick it out. Lust has got to go. Kick it out. Pride has got to go. Kick it out. Kick it out. 
kick it out. I'm going to empty myself. So when the glory comes, I'm an empty vessel. Oh, I wish I could hear me here. When the glory comes, I'm going to be an empty vessel. The Lord said after you repent, you need to pray. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, look for me, turn from your ways. Somebody say, then I'm going to hear from heaven. Let the church say yes. Come on and say yes. Repent and empty out. Cry out to the Lord. And after you pray, I said, after you pray, touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, after you repent, after you pray, then get up and give God the praise. I'm this close. I said, I'm this close to my breakthrough. All I got to do, it don't tell your neighbor, it only takes a moment. It only takes a moment to empty out, repent, pray, then get up and give God the praise. Because I'm going to tell you a secret. The more you praise the Lord, the matter you make the devil, the more you praise the Lord, the more those chains on you have got to loosen. And when Jesus gets finished with you, he will destroy. He will lose. He will lose. He will lose. He will lose every work of the devil. Repent. Pray and praise. Repent. Pray and praise. Repent. Pray and praise. And Jesus will lose you. He will. He will. He will. Tell your neighbor I'm this close. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Say I'm this close. I want y'all to say it by faith. The Lord told me to tell you. Tell my people they're, they're right there. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of y'all have been struggling with spiritual bondage in your imaginary prison. Jesus telling you, this is not as hard as you think it is. We serve a God with all power. His eyes go to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's looking to show himself strong. 
in the behalf of those whose hearts are complete towards him. It's possible to be free again. It's possible to be free again. Jesus said, the whole reason why I came was so you can be loose from the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Jesus said, you're this close. Just do your part. Tell your neighbor, do your part. Repent, pray, and praise. When, I didn't say if, I said when, when you do that from your heart, and let me tell you something, even if you don't feel it, even if you're still battling, do it anyway. Do it, do it, do it. Let me tell y'all a secret. The more you yield, the easier it becomes. Some of us are just spiritually lazy. And others of us are bound by fear. So what seems simple to the free seems like an insurmountable task to the bound. <clears throat> it feels like an unstoppable force against an unmovable object. And some of you are telling me right now and telling Jesus, but I've already done that before. <clears throat> Jesus said, do it one more time from your heart. Do it one more time. Repent. <clears throat> Repent. I'm talking about total surrender. Let go, Jesus, let go of everything. Pray to God, Lord, have mercy on me. Do it. Do it. The father brought his lunatic son. Brought his son to, G to the disciples. The disciples couldn't do nothing with the son. Jesus came down from the mountain of transfiguration. God knows how to prepare you for your trial. He knows how to set you up for success. Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration where he was transfigured before Peter, James, and John. 
The Bible says when he came down from the mountain, the people were amazed. There was something different about Jesus when he came down from this mountain. He had already given his disciples power over unclean spirits and to heal the sick. But when this demon came through this boy, they couldn't do anything with him. This was something different. But Jesus wasn't just walking around. Now, we know Jesus is all power, but this time he came down from the mountain of transfiguration. Hallelujah. He was glorified in the, in the eyes of those three disciples. Hallelujah. And when he came down from the mountain, the father eventually brought his son, had a conversation with Jesus. He said, if you can do anything, have compassion on us, on us, me and my son. Have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe it. And the father cried out with tears, Lord, I believe. Oh, Jesus. Can you help my unbelief? Some of you are this close to your breakthrough. But you just need to make your way to this altar tonight and say, Lord, can you please help my unbelief? Because my mind is telling me it's not that easy. The devil's telling me it's not going to work. There's an attack on my mind. There's an attack on my mind. And Lord... With everything I got, I'm believing you for my miracle. Oh, Jesus, but I want you, please, to help my unbelief. In other words, the father said, Lord, I'm trying to believe. Can you help me? I'm trying. To believe, can you help me? Ah, hallelujah! Hallelujah! Can you help me, Jesus? Oh, Jesus! Hallelujah! I want to believe my miracle is right there. But all of my past, the devil's throwing all of my past experiences in my face where I've tried and it seemed like nothing has happened. Here's what Jesus is telling you right now. Every single time before tonight that you have come has been another step to your breakthrough. The devil said, nothing's working. Listen to the perspective of Jesus. Jesus said, no, no, no. Every time you've come, you've made progress. Every step you've taken in my direction for deliverance, you've made progress towards deliverance. 
every time you've come to the altar, it's been more progress for your healing. More progress for your deliverance. More progress for a loosing from bondage. And what the Lord is telling you tonight is that tonight will be the breakthrough. Take that last step. Repent, pray, and praise from your heart. Take that last step. Lord, help me to take this last step. And even if I don't see it or feel it, I'm going to do it by faith. And when I walk by faith and not by sight, I can expect God to show up. In the name of Jesus, Lord have mercy.